Hello, everybody. My name is Kyle, the host of the Practical Sales Podcast, brought to you by Atlantic Growth Solutions. The Practical Sales Podcast is focused on the why behind sales and marketing strategy rather than the tactics. Our focus will be on answering questions like, is cold calling the right strategy for your sales outreach? rather than giving specific tactics on how to write the best cold call script. At Atlantic Growth Solutions, we provide fully outsourced qualified lead generation services to clients who need to grow their pipeline and ultimately their revenue. Speaking of driving revenue, we often see sales and marketing teams looking at outbound and inbound operations as two different beasts. And that is mostly the case, but there are a few key exercises that can be conducted collaboratively between the two operations to set the organization up for improved success. Today, my guest is Andrew Holmes from ICS Creative here in Atlantic Canada. Andrew drives the revenue growth for ICS, which is a digital marketing company helping clients establish or fine-tune their digital strategies. I split our recording into two parts because we both just had too much to talk about for one episode. Andrew and I share a passion for wanting to help level up the sales and marketing IQ of business leaders. Hopefully that passion comes through. So without further delay, let's jump right in. Andrew, thank you so much. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being so generous with your time. Hey, Kyle. I really, really appreciate you having me and I'm looking forward to this conversation. Awesome. So you and I connected a few weeks ago and we realized quite quickly that we're very similar when it comes to marketing and sales, sort of the mindset around that. There there are so many high performing revenue teams out there, but the reality is that there's still many, many more that are just embarking on that journey of inbound, outbound, lead generation and lead qualifying. And they were sort of thrown into the fire a year and a half ago when everything switched to virtual. They're trying to figure out new ways to generate those MQLs, SQLs, and maybe even learning what those terms mean as they sort of uh, built it on the fly. And uh, I really think it was neat that we're so we're so aligned in, in how we look at those those topics. Yeah, I mean, it was it was refreshing to have the conversation with you about, you know, the landscape of sales and marketing and and how uh, the internet really has has made a shift. And, uh, you know, I'd shared with you that from from my experience, you know, we're we're both in, in New Brunswick and my experience has been that. The, a lot of the companies that I speak with in this area of the world, Atlanta, Canada, uh, particularly, um, they wouldn't, they're not where the rest of North America is as it relates to understanding what, you know, digital marketing is. They don't understand um, generally what inbound marketing is. They don't understand the importance of content. They, if I said uh, MQL or SQL to them, it's not a new, it's not a term that they, they, understand readily um and as i've talked to other people around you know the continent um i found that those those understandings those ideologies of you know digital marketing and inbound marketing and the importance of content that's that's understood that's 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 where where business is now in this part of the world um be it uh, north america but in this part of the world Atlanta, Canada, uh, is th- we're just not quite there yet. So yeah, it was refreshing to, to speak with you and, and understand that, you know, you, you get it. Um, hmm. And, uh, and hopefully, you know, this, you know, you and I can talk more about what it means to, for the, you know, this part of the world. Awesome. So yeah, we're, we're really going to try in this brief period of time that we have together to increase the IQ for these organizations when it comes to marketing and sales. That's, that's our goal. So let's, uh, let's maybe jump right in if you don't mind. Let's do it. it. 
when it comes to what to do with inbound leads, we're going to assume that these organizations, the listeners to this podcast, have some sort of inbound lead strategy set up. They've worked with an agency, they've hired somebody internally that's creating content, that is creating webinars, et cetera. They've got the funnel prepared. Now it's time to figure out what to do with those leads once they've raised their hand. So that's sort of the lens that we're going to uh, look through today. But let's start with talking about an ideal customer profile. So what does an organization need to wrap their head around when it comes to establishing that ideal customer profile? Yeah, such a great question. And it's, it's great that we're leading it off here because it's really the starting point uh, of, of everything um, that's, that's revenue focused, which is you know marketing and sales responsibility, um, is the customer profile. There's too many times where large and small companies uh, just simply say, well, my, my customer is every, everyone. Anyone who calls me or fills out a form on my website, we'll deal with them. Uh, when that's that's not the case, it, it can't be the case. It's uh, that there's so many reasons that that's, that's a problem. So um, just to, yeah, so to build a, a customer profile, it's, that's how we would identify who we're working with. It's important to look at what, what works who you've worked with, what who your product actually serves, um, you know what what a, a bad fit might look like in terms of you know maybe company size, company dem- demographic, you know, where they're located, those types of things. And when you're looking at you know what's worked in the past or who you want to actually work with, you know make make a list of of things of, of uh, identifiers that you should be looking for. So I think about our business. Uh, in particular. So, uh, you know, I'm in a marketing agency and there are five real key things that I look at when we have, have a lead. Um, I want to know, you know, are they based in, in this part of the world? Or are they, you know, in Canada or in Atlanta, Canada, do they have uh, a certain amount of revenue, at least half a million dollars, at least half a million dollars uh, in revenue? Um, do they have plans to grow? Do they have somebody on their team that can work directly with me? You know, point of contact is, is key for us and what's their you know is their timeline reasonable is it within you know uh three to 12 months so those are the five things that we've identified and then quickly we can look at those uh, when we have somebody's interested in working with us and say okay which of these five how many of these five do they work with if they don't even have three of those things we can we, we can you know disqualify them or do they fit into what we ideally would like to work with or what ideally works for us Absolutely. It's, it's scary to think of disqualifying somebody that's asking about your services. But at the end of the day, the risk of going down this journey of trying to close new business with a new client that isn't ideal, sometimes it actually may cost you more as a distraction financially, etc. than it's worth. Do you feel that same way? Oh, absolutely. And the, you know, when it, when it comes to salespeople, especially, you know, our, our, our time is, you know, definitely the, the, the most valued resource. And if we're not spending it with the right people, that's a cost to the company. That's a cost to the company. It's an opportunity loss. It's, it's all these things. So we need to make sure that our salespeople are talking to the right people. It just, it just makes all the difference in the world. 
Yeah, absolutely. From, you know, we have to come up with new pricing now because they don't fit the exact model we're looking for. And it's a different proposal format. So that takes time. And we're trying to customize our service to a certain level. Like it all starts to get really muddy and really distracting from the other good prospects that are out there that are going to be easy to do business with and truly fit that ideal qualification for a customer, right? Yeah, that's it. And if you look at a sale, if you look at a salesperson and how long it takes them to prepare and work with the you know the prospect to become a client, you know, um, I, I don't know. I didn't look to see what the average numbers are. I can look at my own, but it, it's it's you know it's no less than eight hours. It could be upwards of you know twenty four or more hours that are needed to to get someone from being interested in what we do to having them actually working with us. So that. Uh, that's a, you know, it can be a significant amount of time to get somebody going. So you don't want to waste that. Absolutely. So let's, um, so it's, I guess it's important to say here is that the ideal customer profile should be talked about before you have stood up those content marketing strategies, the webinar strategies to make sure that the content you're creating and discussing is valuable to the people that you ideally want to be doing business with. But that's not to say that it can't be done after the fact. It might just help you begin to optimize that strategy. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, if you if you don't have the i you know your ideal customer profile um, done now, you know you can still do it. And then while you're doing that, you're doing that research to look at you know your past customers and your and your ideal customer uh, ideal future customers. You'll start to get in the mindset of them a little bit more and start to understand. Okay. What, what problem am I actually solving for these people? And then you can start to do a better job creating content or outreaches or magnets that actually speak to that specific problem. So, and that's what it's all about, right? Is making sure that you're answering problems and sol- providing solutions and making sure that it's connecting with your, your audience. Absolutely. From, from our perspective here at Atlantic Growth Solutions, there's no way we could start uh, an outbound sales campaign on behalf of one of our clients without doing that ideal customer profile journey. First, how it's impossible to create a target account list to begin prospecting without knowing the attributes of who they would like to be doing business with. It's funny that it doesn't seem as common on the marketing side. It's mm-hmm. almost... We, we like this content. We like these features. Let's go talk about them rather than what are our actual customers struggling with. And let's talk about that and how we solve that problem. So it's interesting from our perspective that it seems so natural on an outbound, but it seems a little foreign sometimes on the inbound side. Yeah, it, it's so true, right? Like you're, uh, you're, in your marketing people, they really, they have to get it. They have to mm-hmm. be... Uh, they have to understand who they're speaking with and they have to make sure that, you know, if there's a, you know, if there's an ad campaign that your marketing team is running, you know, let's complete with, you know, maybe it's a, you know, Google display ads and that display ad leads back to a landing page. You know, when you're doing, setting those up from a marketing perspective, you want to do what we refer to as mirroring. You want to mirror those ads to the actual person you're looking to speak with. So make sure that they can be seen, they can see themselves in that ad. So if you're, you know, you're targeting, um, I'm looking at a hair salon, so out my window, so I'll I'll talk about hair salon. If you're targeting hair salon owners for some reason, then make sure that your marketing shows someone working in a hair salon. It seems kind of easy. It, It seems kind of, oh, well, obviously, and especially for marketing people, but marketing people, 
still to this day miss that opportunity, you know, time and time again. Mm. It's almost like it's, they're trying to be something to everyone. Like we've talked about already, rather than really drilling down, if we're going to create this strategy and try to optimize it as much as possible, if that's who we want as a customer, let's speak directly to them. Let's use their language, graphics that they associate themselves with, et cetera, to get them interested and attracted so that we can begin having those conversations. Absolutely. Using, using their language is key. You know, if they, if, if, uh, if you're telling uh, you know someone that they they're going to get like let's say your your marketing says oh we can help you get more leads but they don't speak in the word leads mm-hmm. maybe they speak in the word clients or maybe they speak in the word contracts or maybe they speak in the word opportunities maybe, you know whatever they speak in speak that language that's what it's all all about that that, that re- relevancy right like what actually connects with them make them let them know that you know who they are. Hmm. Absolutely. Let's um, let's take the opportunity to switch focus a little bit. So as an organization, we start to wrap our minds around who that ideal customer profile uh, is, what those attributes are. But putting ourselves in the shoes of that prospect, we talk a little bit in marketing and sales from a prospect's journey standpoint. How does that apply to this inbound lead conversation we're having today? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the prospect's journey is also key. Making the assumption that every prospect um, that becomes a customer goes through the same journey is is a mistake because um, <laughs> every prospect is at a different stage when they engage with you. Some of them may be just you know looking around, kicking tires. If that's the case. How do you help that person kick the tires? Or maybe a prospect has purchased from you in the past or purchased from a competitor and they're familiar with you know, the process, they're familiar with the product, they're familiar with what to expect. How do you engage and treat with that person? So understanding what your prospect is looking to have answered based on where they are at is key. Now, of course, there's you know the you know, the, the general um, flow that, you know, your customers will go from, you know, this, the suspect to the prospect to, you know, um, that type of thing to being an actual customer, what the key journey points they're going through, you know, what, what websites are they visiting? You know, what's, what peers are they speaking with? That could be a good one. Maybe it's someone that, you know, you can influence that way. Um, you know, what types of checklists and pe- what, what, what are they actually doing? So understanding that whole map is key because you want to influence that as best you can. My, the thought that came to my mind as you were explaining that is the prospect journey doesn't necessarily end. It actually completely does not end once they've raised their hand to the marketing or the sales team. That that journey from our outbound sales side, we always talk about what's the next to ask? What's the logical next step that the, we're going to ask that prospect to take that's going to feel natural, that feels timely, and that doesn't feel like a large commitment on their end because it's just the logical next step in their process. From a marketing side, when we look at that journey, there's no way you're going to have a Google Display ad that says, book a demo for our new platform and they're going to click that link and book the demo. They're going to need to be educated first. They're going to need to have some awareness and consideration built before they are taking that larger commitment. 
So I think a lot of times looking at every one of those stages from digital side to when it actually gets flipped over to a human and the human starts interacting with them, that each of those little asks along the way from click this ad to download this ebook to now we reach out from sales has to be logical as it goes. And I find a lot of times organizations as myself, as a prospect looking into other companies' solutions, I find it's not always that seamless. It feels clunky and a little disjointed. Do you see that too? I I do. Absolutely. Like if you, yeah, if you aren't aware of what your, what questions your prospect has in their mind to be able to answer those, you're really missing it. And, and uh, I was actually looking at your website, Land Growth Solutions, and I was looking at some of your, your clients and uh, I got thinking about, okay, how would, if I was in the mind of some of these clients, how would, how would, how would I help their clients? Right. So I was looking at um, apparel and color. Um, mm-hmm. It's a company that I found on the Atlantic Growth Solutions website, and I go, you know, look around their website and, and stuff, and I see that they do some, uh, do some coaching, right? So let's say that somebody reached out to Parallel Co. for for coaching, whether uh, Parallel Co. knocked on their door or whether they or the prospect saw a lead or an ad and uh, contacted them. Either way, let's say that they have a fresh, a fresh lead. But this lead is somebody who's never had done coaching before. So in the mind frame of someone that's never done coaching before, but has shown some interest, like slipped a small hand up to say, yeah, I think I could use coaching. What are some of the thoughts that that person who's never done coaching before might have? Well, they might have a, a couple, you know, they might have a list of questions. So what if Carol and Co. knew that? And then they provide a piece of collateral that said, here are 10 questions that you can ask me or that I can FAQ, give you as an FAQ to help you identify if you even need a coach. So before they're, before they get to the stage of saying, you know, is Carol and co the the right coach for me? Why don't we help them answer the question of, do they even need a coach and get them to look at something, a piece of collateral that Carol and co has created. So that's the type of thing that would work really well to get inside the mind frame and to help them to, to lead down that, that journey. It's, you know, it's all about, can we help answer the questions, solve the solution? And like you mentioned, you know, get that, get that yes or get that buy-in early, but doesn't require a whole lot of effort to begin with. Absolutely. And the, the thing we talk about all the time with our sales team here is, anticipating objections. We spend so much time trying to figure out what those four or five main objections that you're going to run into almost every time are and have strategies mm-hmm. around how to help educate that prospect if if they do raise that objection to make sure that it's a real objection and and if it's and if it is then let's talk about it. If it's not, let's kind of recollect ourselves and and keep moving that process forward. And I find what you're talking about here is how do we anticipate what that prospect or customer, potential future customer is going to need at what stage? And how do we prepare our digital strategy or our human-based outreach strategy to head it off, to make sure that they don't have to think of that question themselves, that we put the question and the answer right in front of them to keep pushing them along in that journey, to make it seamless for them, to make it easy for them to complete that next action, you know, download the book, sign up for the newsletter, book the demo, whatever that might be. Yeah, no, absolutely. And like 
the thing, the thing about, you know, marketing and sales working together um, on that, that journey to and understanding those points is, you know, once you identify that a prospect like early on in the, in their journey um, has all these questions that need to be answered, marketing and sales should be in a room figuring out, okay, what can we, like, what, what can we actually make and provide to help the prospect at the, at each stage, but this, this stage. So let's say it's the beginning stage again. Um, a really common thing is uh, from a prospect you would hear is uh, what, how do we know this works or who, who have you worked with? That's like me. So an obvious answer there would be case studies, right? So provide a case study and a case study can be uh, provided in the form of a PDF or a video or, or, or whatever. Um, so sales and marketing should be aware of that question always being asked in the beginning of the, of the relationship and sales, or sorry, marketing should be providing sales with that collateral. Okay, sales team, we understand that we work with these four industries mostly. We understand that inside of those industries, we work with you know these three or four different roles. You know, CEO, um, you know, chief marketing officer, account uh, accounts receive whatever. These are the roles. These are the questions they have. Here are the case studies I'm going to arm you with for those four role, four roles and four industries that you can pull from at any time when you're engaging with that certain industry or that certain role. So it all kind of works together, but it all kind of starts with, okay, again, where is the, who, where, what, what's the journey look like? Where are we at on the journey and how can sales and marketing partner so well that we're going to answer their questions before they even realize they have the question. Hmm. And as an organization, if you've been doing this for a little while, you know, if you've been selling your solution for a little while, whether it's digitally or not, you know more information about those prospects than you'd likely think you know. Sitting down and doing this this exercise of like putting yourself in their shoes and what question they're going to ask, we find a lot of times they say, well, geez, I have no idea. Well, yes, you do. Somebody in your organization knows the top three questions that they get asked at the, you know, hey, we finally had a face-to-face conversation. We get into that. I talk a little about our business. They talk a little about their needs. And then they have questions. Those questions rarely differ too far from the norm. And just taking the time to strategize about how to best prepare your team to head that off before it gets asked, it's going to build more trust. It's going to build more uh, likability from the prospect and it's going to make their journey easier. I can't stress enough how important that is to make it so easy for the prospect that at the end of the day, like they, they can say nothing but yes. If they made it that far, they can only say yes. That's it. That's it. I've had, I've had clients that have done this so well that have understood the the prospect's journey and and put the marketing pieces in place so well that they you know how in in in, in business right um the ultimate uh you know justification for a job well done is a client referral right mm-hmm. if you have a client that says wow i really like, you did a great job here why don't you go help you know my brother-in-law my like, this, you can work with them too that referral is such a you know, is the ultimate because it's like, it's a pat on the back, job well done. They're not trusting me with their, their network. I've done, we've done such a good job at creating that, um, the collateral and the customer journey for customers 
that before the solution is even implemented for this new prospect, they've made referrals to the company to the uh, to our client for another another uh, sales opportunity. So they're getting that pat on the back before a solution's even been delivered. And it's because they felt that their needs were already going to be met so well because the marketing and the follow-up and the answers were already being met and already being addressed before the solution had even been implemented. Hmm. Crazy. It, it feels like this has to be the first natural thing as a sales organization, a revenue organization, saying, listen, we're struggling right now. We think we're leaving something on the table. This feels like to me the first place to start is let's look at that journey that our prospects are taking. Let's sit down and figure out what that ideal customer profile looks like and then really start to have conversations centered around that rather than just having each individual on our revenue team trying to figure it out themselves. Uh, and that's it's so funny you say that because they do. Like the, each person on the revenue team tries to figure it out themselves. I mean, I've been I've been in uh, you know a, a bit of sales or account management or whatever you want to call it role for more than a decade, right? And, and when I've been on larger sales teams at, at bigger uh, corporations, you know, they come to the sales team, they say, run this like it's your own business. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's your responsibility. Basically figure it out. We're here if you want to support, but it's, it, it becomes that every salesperson um, is really up to their own. And what you end up finding out is that the salespeople, um, they end up making their own collateral. You know, they're just piecing together, you know, white papers or piecing together infographics, Ugh. right? And they're just, they're just doing whatever they think works. And then you find out that all 12 people on the sales team are saying something different. Um, that it's the, the stuff that they're sharing isn't on brand. Who knows if it's accurate? It, it could just be whatever that salesperson wants to say. And they just haven't done a good enough job. You know, the marketing and sales team just haven't done a good enough job communicating with each other and it's mm. it's like <laughs> it seems so obvious but it's it's so often missed i've seen large large corporations fortune 500 companies that have missed this they're not having their sales and marketing team communicating or what they do too sometimes is marketing creates a, a lot of collateral because you know the, the 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 directors want that to happen yeah we should make this collateral sales team will love it the sales team never uses it because it's not what mm. they think is good enough. So that disconnect, it's going to be such a benefit if you can get sales and marketing, marketing and working to a point where sales is using the right material because they see it as being useful for their customer. And I mean, that's probably a whole topic for another podcast or a series of podcasts is around sales enablement, which, you know, <laughs> is sort of that new, that new industry buzzword that over the last few years has gained some traction Nobody really understands what it is. It feels very consultant-y in the way that it's pitched as, I'm going to come in and help marry the relationship between sales and marketing. But at the end of the day, it's just making sure that both teams are on the same page, that there's direction and pushing forward the effort to make that customer journey as easy and seamless as possible. And marketing is supporting sales. Sales is communicating with marketing as to what they need. And everybody is pushing that revenue goal forward. So anyway, yeah. hopefully, hopefully that sums up sales enablement for anybody out there that was wondering. <laughs> We're moving on. Yeah. 
Thank you again to Andrew for being so generous with his time. You just listened to part one of my conversation with Andrew. Our focus here was on setting a sales or marketing campaign up for success by putting yourself in the shoes of your ideal prospect. Part two focuses more on the relationship between a typical sales team and a marketing team. We talk service level agreements, lead handoff, and touch on a few other key details that share uh, that relationship between sales and marketing. If you have a sales-related question or just want to connect and grow your network, please find me on LinkedIn under Kyle Holder. And that's all for now. Thank you for listening, and our next episode will be dropping soon.